0: Welcome to another edition of This Engineering Life, the Undergraduate Series. I'm Becky Simmons, an Associate Professor of the Practice in Mechanical Engineering and Material Science at Duke University. I'm joined with Priya, Raina, Sydney, and Richard, all undergraduate engineering students also at Duke University. Today, we're very excited. We have an interview with Jennifer Ganley. Jennifer is the Director of Undergraduate Student Affairs at Pratt at Duke University and we get to hear about how she keeps all of the clubs, organizations, and societies running, and also her insights and advice for students. Thank you for joining us. Okay, I am here, Becky, with Raina and Sydney, and we've got a very special guest with us today. I'm very excited.
1: Yes, so we are here with Jennifer Ganley. Welcome to the show. We're very excited to have you. So I think to start off, I feel like everyone knows your name. We see it come through emails or just like through tons of events. But can you just kind of give us a rundown of like what exactly is that you do here at Duke?
2: Well, thank you for having me. I think it's funny that you said a lot of people know me from emails because I think that is exactly how most students know me, or at least their first introduction to me is me kind of bombarding your inbox with emails. Although I try to keep it to one a day, so it's not too many. I wear a lot of different hats at I think a lot of people probably know me, like you said, because I sent out announcements about events. I work with all of our student groups, but I am involved with pretty much everything before you even become a student. So I oversee our tour guides and our tour guide program. So introducing high school students to Pratt, what it's like to be a Pratt star. So we do the tours. I do communications to prospective students sending congratulatory emails from the Dean once students are accepted. I help with open house. I help with blue Devil days, right? And that's all before you even officially become a student. And then I help new student and family programs with orientation and getting information information out there to our newest students so that they kind of know what to expect before they get to campus. Then I help all of the engineering clubs and societies. And what else do I do? Oh, all the way through to graduation. So I'm our point person on graduation too. And then I get some other activities like I oversee our WIN Empowerment Fund. So students who are on financial need, if they need something like clothes for interviews or travel grants, they can also apply to that. And I am the steward of that fund. So I'm able to support students that way as well. So I wear a lot of hats.
0: That's what I, I see you always at the very beginning with the prospective students. And then as they're doing the tours, and I see you very busy the week before school starts with all this. And I see you in graduation. Like you literally see students from before they start till the end. That's a really, I think, awesome and unique because I always enjoy seeing a student and their growth and how they've changed. Do you remember the students? I'm sure you do from their first experience to the end.
2: So I will say, COVID allowed me to have that bookend experience more so than in person because a lot of times in person at our in person event, somebody will come up to me and ask me like a very brief question. And so I have such a small interaction with them, but I don't necessarily you know, always remember them. But during the COVID years, when I was doing a lot virtually, and I really got to spend more time with our prospective students, there were a couple times where students would find me out on the eQuad. They would say, you're the girl from Zoom. (laughs) And I would recognize them too, because those interactions, I think, allowed for more sustained conversation, maybe because our faces were on the screens more so than in person. But I would say once a student gets here and gets involved, then I do love seeing the, the growth from kind of your first year until your senior year when you're graduating.
3: So as we all heard, you basically do everything and Pratt would fall apart without you. And so from that, you, I'm sure you have a lot of like very vast and impressive educational experiences. Can you tell us like about your past education and how you happened upon a job at Duke, specifically in Pratt and one that covers so many different things?
1: Yeah, I actually did a little bit of cyber stalking on you and you have a lot because I have to do my research before and you have like degrees and certificates in a lot of things that are not engineering. So I think it'd be interesting. Like, how'd you get involved with Pratt?
2: Yeah. So I guess let me give for those listeners, I'll give a, a brief intro on, on what I studied and how I got here. And I will say that I say that I completely fell into higher ed, right? Like it wasn't something that I thought, I don't know if anyone growing up says like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to work at a college, right? Because that's just not even in like your worldview when you're in elementary school. It doesn't happen. Unless you're my daughters who are- Right. (laughs) Unless you're the child of a faculty member or something like that. So um, I started as an undergraduate. I was studying communications- so I have my BA in communications and I thought at that point I would go on and become an elementary school teacher. So I get a lot of you should be a kindergarten teacher, which is Yay, all. like cool. <laughs> everyone. Thank I think that's you. a problem. I think anything. <laughs> Thank you. And then I realized that I didn't want to be a teacher but I still wanted to help students. And then I thought, well, how do I do that? I know I'm going to become a school psychologist because then I can not be in the classroom, but I'm still kind of in a school and I'm still helping students kind of on the socio-emotional social-emotional learning, right? So I didn't have enough prereqs to get into a school psychology program. So instead, I did a master's in general psychology And at that time, I had a graduate assistantship in our athletics department. So that's when I first started working in higher ed. It was, how do I pay for grad school? (laughs) I guess I'll work in athletics while I study. I didn't love the athletic scene, like working in athletics, but I loved working with all of the student employees because I would hire all the student employees and then staff all of the events. And from there, I became an administrative assistant in an academic program while I continued to get my master's. And then I just kept getting more opportunities to stay in higher ed and I kept growing and growing. And so the graduate certificates that you mentioned, one is in autism spectrum disorders and one is in counselor education. And people do say like, that's not related to engineering. Like why those, why that? Even in my interview to get this job at Duke, (laughs) I was asked, are you sure you wanna work in engineering? Are you sure you don't wanna work in like, you know, the student disability access office? my response was, I need to be able to help all of our students. And so I need to make sure that I'm educated to help every single student that I might see. And that means students that are neurodiverse. And that means students that, you know, don't look like me. And that's why I've done a lot of work in the diversity, trying to get like diversity certificates and, and work there as well. So that's kind of what has been, I guess, my motivation and and my not maybe very straight educational path. I think my path helped me both personally and professionally. And that's kind of what led me to all of those programs.
0: I agree, because I see you. And now that you're saying that, like talking about being in the athletic, because you are, I see you doing coaching of the students too. Like you totally go into like this great coach mode, mentor, guiding, sometimes managing, right? Like sometimes you do have to be tougher on this the students too, to get them doing their things. I just love that you bring all of that. And I I see that when I interact with you doing all of, using all of those things. That's awesome.
1: I love what you're saying about getting to know the whole student body. That's awesome. So specifically in your work with like Pratt Club, so has your experience with that been like challenging? It's been interesting. What are your thoughts? Both, right? All, All of the above.
2: I would say So one of the things I think that I'm very comfortable in is knowing that I'm not here to be your technical mentor, right? And so right away that takes off. That is not my purpose, right? I'm here to help you, like I said, socially, emotionally, just how to navigate. Duke is so amazing and there are so many opportunities, but there's a lot of where do I turn? Where do I go? How do I navigate this situation? And that's what I'm here to help with. So I would say on the interesting side, I like to joke that if you watch the Big Bang Theory that I am like the penny of the department. (laughs) Like I have no background in engineering. And so sometimes students will talk and I feel like you're speaking a different language. (laughs) But I also think that it's important For students to be able to communicate their projects with me, Mm -hmm. because you need to be able to explain to non-engineers what you're doing. And that is me. right? So if I can understand it or I can help you explain your projects better, that's great. So I, I always find it interesting, but always knowing that I'm not that technical mentor. So for me, everything is fascinating. <laughs> when, uh, you know, sometimes we're at design fairs and I'll see alumni go up to student projects and say, like, why would you do this over this? That's not the question I ask, right? Like, when I go to EGR 101 poster sessions, my, my favorite question is, like, what did you learn from this, right? It's not why did you use this material over this material, but what, what was the core thing that you learned this semester on this project? Because I do just find that more interesting. I would say definitely challenging. And some groups are more challenging than others. <laughs> you know, I, won't, I won't name uh, the most challenging <laughs> groups. But there are definitely some groups that come into my office. And I've been here this month actually is my fourth year at Duke at, at Pratt. And sometimes students walk into my office and I've never heard that question before. And it's just, where do I start to try (laughs) to get this answer? How do we navigate it? But I think for me, the most important thing is for students to know that they have support when they come to my office. And there are plenty of times where I don't have the answer for students, right? But at least they know they're not alone in trying to solve that issue. And so working together. And for me, that's the most important thing that students know. That my door is always open
0: and that you know we can get through it together. I agree it's always open for the faculty too I'm (laughs) constantly knocking on your door and you're always like yeah come on in and answering all my questions so I always appreciate it I do think it's really nice that you're so available and supportive.
3: Yeah so I love that you mentioned talking about supporting students and making sure that they feel that they're not alone I also know you from E-Team. And so I was curious, do you want to talk about that? Because I feel like you've definitely like made it a way more involved process. And I feel like students are really benefiting from that this year. So, yeah, just whatever you want to talk about related to E-Team.
2: Sure. Well, thanks. We love having you as part of E-Team. I I always enjoy seeing your time cards. I was excited that people came to office hours this week. Yeah, so the E-team, I would say, is really evolving. For those that don't know, the E-team are peer mentors, so they're juniors and seniors, and they are paired with our new 360 coaches, which are basically our first faculty advisors for the first year. So every first-year student has both a faculty advisor and an E-team peer mentor, because we do think it's really important for our first-year students to hear directly from upperclassmen because you guys have been in their shoes just a few short years ago, I get excited to see, I would say being on the E-team, and you would probably agree, it's, it's really the experience of the E-teamer and the coach together and what they want to do for their first-year students. And I love seeing the different ways that the faculty and the upperclassmen connect with their first year. So some will go to escape rooms, and some will go to chapel climbs, and some will just go to the Duke Gardens. But it's so amazing to see all the opportunities that the first years get from both the E-team peer mentors and their 360 coaches.
0: I think it is a, great, a very good program, and you've done a lot for it. I was going to ask something else, too, about the E-team, because they, they do a lot more than even just with the mentoring. Like, don't they put on eBall? Do you have your hands in that, too?
2: So eBall is actually Engineering Student Government. So it oh. is different. Engineering Student Government is putting on all of the e-socials every week. I think E-Octoberfest is coming up at the end of this week, yes. um, and they do e-ball. And so I'm not a, I'm not an official advisor. Actually, Dr. G is their official oh, advisor right. for, for that. Yeah, for Engineering Student Government. I would say if you ask the ESG kind of exec board, they will tell you that I'm an unofficial advisor for them. (laughs) So just like any other group, they do come running in and will say things like, we want a dunk tank. (laughs) (laughs) How do we make that happen? (laughs) You know, can we do this? Can we do that? And so working with ESG to navigate kind of student involvement, big Duke student involvement and leadership to make sure we're all on the same page so that these events can happen is where I help the most.
1: That's awesome. So we also hear that you have a book club starting up soon. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about that?
2: So the book club is really exciting. Last year, I co-authored, co-wrote a proposal for a, seed, a faculty seed grant with Dr. B over in DEIC. So the idea for this book club started when Karis and I were just talking about ways that faculty and students could interact. And I said, I would love to do an engineering-specific book club. I personally love to read. I try to read. No, people might not think this is like, wow, you, you read a lot. But my goal is to read at least one book not related to like work or anything else, just for fun, a month. So by the end of the year, I've read 12 books. I've already passed it this year. So we're in October. So I'm like, all right, I'm doing well. But one of the things that I'll do is I will read the book that the first years are reading. Mm-hmm. And for me, I always thought, well, that's great that everyone has this common experience, but our engineers maybe should have a more unique, common experience. And so can we, can we pick a book that's maybe related to STEM and do something with that? And so, we, so Karis and I were just having these conversations. Wouldn't it be great if, right, we could all read a book, we could bring the author in, we could meet with the author, and those that were most engaged could go to a master class. And so it kind of evolved into why don't we broaden that and doesn't have to necessarily be a STEM book, but let's focus on kind of community connections and and intercultural competence and what can we do there. And so we settled on a book called The Person You Mean to Be, And that book club is starting and it's a chance for, like I said, faculty, staff and students to come together and have conversations that they might not be able to in the classroom, right? To have really meaningful, in-depth conversations just in in an area outside of the classroom. And can you connect on a personal level and can you kind of change this maybe power dynamic of faculty member to student to just person to person? So I was so excited when our seed grant was approved because it allowed for us to purchase books for, I believe it was 40 members of the Pratt community, which was our goal, and to possibly have the author come. And so as we said earlier, I wear a lot of hats at, at Pratt and I had to take a critical look. And I unfortunately don't get to lead one of the groups, oh. uh, one of the two groups this year the groups will be led because the book club is being split into two groups. And one is being led by Karis and one is being led by Kiana Tyson, who's our assistant director for DEIC. But I'm so excited for them to get those groups started. I was so happy that I could help see it come to life. And I'm still involved and really supportive. and, And I hope you can see or you can hear that I'm really enthusiastic about this is our first one. And so I hope it becomes an annual thing and we can get you know, recommendations from students and faculty and explore different topic areas. I don't get to lead one of the groups. I was sad about that. But I I think it's important for students to know that, like, at sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? you can't say yes to everything. And you have to know your limits. And I feel like we say that to students all the time, like, be careful for of your mental health, like, you have to have boundaries, you have to know you have to, and this was one of those times where I had to take, I had to take that advice to heart. So I, I, I'm not going to lead one of them, but I am so cheering on these two groups from the sidelines.
0: And I love it because one of those times where I just popped into your office, I saw on your bookshelf this book. And I said, oh, I love that book. It's such a good book. And you said, just you wait. There may be an opportunity for you to be involved. So I'm looking forward to it. I didn't know you weren't leading one. That's boohoo, but it's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> what else?
3: So we've been talking a lot about how you have a million different hats at Pratt. So what's um, one aspect of your job that you either enjoy the most or like which students knew more about?
2: That is such a tough question. (laughs) So one of the things I think I enjoy the most is that no two days are ever the same. So yes, there are tasks that I have to do yearly or semesterly in anticipation for things, but I never know what a student will walk into my office with Mm -hmm. (laughs) and where that might then lead my day. So I would say that's one of the things. Another thing that I love about my job is that I just also get to be creative and try things to enhance the student experience. So one of those things, you know, Things change at the university, and then we have to decide how do we change with them, or, or what does that look, right? So an example is orientation, completely changed this year, where everyone was in an experiential program. So normally, I'm hosting a lot of things during orientation week, a lot of different meetings and managing deans, and is everyone in the right classes they're supposed to be, in? Here's here's the drop in advising hours, here's this, here's this, and that all got taken Essentially taken away, which on one hand was like, wow, this is a little bit of a sigh of relief, you know. But but how do we connect with our students, and, and what do we do with that? And so we did a lot of things virtually. But then this year, for the first time ever, we had a welcome party for our first year students because we didn't get to meet any of them in person. And so it was a Thursday evening uh, over at Wilson Gym, and we did an '80s throwback party, basically. And like I said, we had never done that before, and we picked the '80s because Thursday and Throwback Thursday and Stranger Things and the Top Gun Maverick came out and we felt like the 80s were just kind of fun. We had John Blackshear, Dean Blackshear come and DJ. We had food. We had a photo booth and all these games. And, you know, I, I put a lot of work into planning these events and I don't do it alone. So I don't want anyone to think I'm doing it alone. I do have help. And you have this fear of are the students going to like this? And are they going to come? <laughs> like I just spent the whole summer really excited about this 80s party. And I would say a good maybe third of the first year class came. And what gave me so much joy was afterwards seeing all the pictures from the photo booth. I mean, you could just see how much fun everyone had. And so that made it, that made it worth it, right? like That's what makes it for me. And then on Monday, I don't know when this is airing, so this would have probably already happened, but I like listening to student feedback, right? And then seeing what what changes can I make, what's feasible for me to do to help your experience. And so one of the things ESG had asked for was more kind of contact time with specifically the academic deans that weren't a student going into the office for some academic reason, right? So can we just personally get to know the deans? And while I was driving to work, I kid you not, and I was in my mind thinking, well, we we can have an event, what can it be? I said, Halloween's coming up. And then I went, Halloween? deans (laughs) Halloween with the deans let's do that and so on Halloween we will be the the academic deans and myself will be out on Wilkinson Terrace we're gonna have candy and treats and dressed up not maybe (laughs) maybe dressed up maybe just some fun accessories maybe not a full costume so just things like that students will say things to me kind of in passing or, or very direct here's my feedback and then you know what can I do with that and And anything that I can be creative in, and I think partially that's why people, to go back to an earlier question, said I could be a kindergarten teacher, (laughs) (laughs) because who, you know, I don't think very many adults get to say that part of their job is throwing a Halloween party during the work day, right? (laughs) But I do. Yeah, so I think for me, that's it. And I think your other question was, what do I wish students knew about my job? So what I wish students knew (laughs) is how much I just appreciate having a relationship with them, right? There are some students will come in to my office and it's very, it can be very transactional, right? Like I have a P card, which is a corporate card. So if your student group needs to make a purchase and you come to me and say, can I use your card (laughs) and use, you know, buy something at McMaster car or Amazon? Yes, you can. But to me, I think that's that's sad when that's the only reason you're there. Like if you're gonna come to my office, let's have a conversation. And so I always try students that are coming in to just use my card to say, like, how's your day? How's it going? Did you go to countdown to craziness? What was that like? How long were you online? Right. Like we don't always have to talk about engineering. We don't always have to talk about something serious, but just to make sure that's what keeps me going, right? Is like the relationship with the students. And so I want to make sure that the students know that that is an important part of my of my job, but also that they can just come in and tell me how they're feeling right and I know that some students it, it takes a little while to warm up, but if I don't know what's happening or if like nobody in the office knows what's happening, we can't work to help you or or address the situation or make a change right and so that's exactly what ESG did like they just came to me and said like, these are the things we really want to change. What can you do and planning Halloween with the deans was a really easy, immediate way to address a need, right? And it wasn't like, oh, so scary to come and, t- and tell me this, right? Like it can be a conversation. And so I would want students to, to know that too.
0: I think that's really fantastic. I think we only have one more question yeah. for you. Well, uh, we do have a question. I think it's one of the ones I'm most interested. It's always like, what is your favorite experience or story? So has a club or student done anything and you're like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. Or, oh, my gosh, don't ever have a student do that again. I know I've been in some of those. I'm like, oh, has there been like a case or a club starting that was really inspirational? That's
2: another tough one, because I feel like there are always our students are so amazing (laughs) and there's always somebody doing something that's really incredible I would say a new group for me that was really unique was when Runway of Dreams started in particular because they were working to make kind of adaptable clothing for people who needed it. And I just felt like that was a really unique club and not something that we were doing. Right? And we have clubs that make adaptive devices for people and we have clubs that kind of make adaptive toys for people. But there, there wasn't a club that it came to clothing. And I felt like this that was a great club that brought awareness to like a very real issue for people, but also got to tie in kind of their engineering skills. And yeah, so I think in the time that I've been here, that's been one of my favorite clubs to see get off their ground. But I feel like every semester I could highlight quite a few students or quite a few people and it's just hearing the success stories after. Like SWE just went to their conference and I know that students came back with job offers, which is so incredible, right? And so to have a small part in helping them book their flights to get there. Which was a big t- task. It was a, it was a big task. There were, t- there were 22 people traveling. <laughs> so it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessarily the easiest task, but we got them there, right? And so there are people that are doing kind of really big, amazing things and, but I also don't want to, you know, overlook the importance of the clubs that are doing like real professional development and making sure that students who, you know, are under underrepresented get those chances to, to get in front of recruiters and companies and and come out from a weekend conference with legitimate multiple job offers so that they can go into their spring semester with this relief of like I know what my next step is but for those of you listening that don't know what your next step is that's okay too and I don't <laughs> Not to stress
0: out about that. <laughs> we, we are kindred spirits because we say the same thing to students, right? Like, oh, yay, great, but don't stress out, <laughs> don't stress <laughs> out. Okay, I think we're down to our last question. Okay, so our last question,
1: which we like to ask everyone who we have on the show, is: What is your favorite piece of advice that you would like to give to students?
2: I have two that are popping That's to my good. mind, so if I can share two, I mean. A third is what one I mentioned earlier, which is just also know know your limits and know that it's okay to say no and make sure that you're taking care of yourself. But the two that were really popping into my mind, one is something that my parents used to tell me, both of my parents in different ways. But it's just simply like you can learn a lot just by watching and you can learn the type of leader you want to be for an example, by watching those before you. And sometimes that lesson might mean, ooh, that's not the leader I want to be, right? (laughs) So take everything as a learning experience, kind of even the not so great experiences, because I think that those are as much, or if not more, teach you more in in some moments. And the other one I was going to say was just learning what you don't want to do Is just as important in learning what you do want to do, because I think sometimes students will come back and they'll say, like, that wasn't the best internship experience or that wasn't the right fit. Right. And that's okay. Just because you had an internship that you didn't like doesn't mean you're not meant to be an engineer. Right. It just means like it might have been that particular fit. But I would say that those are the two you can learn a lot just by watching and learning what you don't want to do is just as important as learning what you do want to do.
1: Well, perfect. That's amazing advice. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. This was an amazing interview and I can't wait for everyone to listen to it. So thank you. Thank you.
3: This Engineering Life is brought to you and supported by the Pratt School of Engineering at Duke University. A special thanks to all of our interviewers for sharing their experiences.
1: Our senior producer is Dr. Rebecca Simmons. Our editors are Priya Juarez, Raina Brabensky, and Richard Kim. Our theme music is from Silverman Sound, Audio Audix, and Kevin McLeod.
3: sure to check back in two weeks. We'll be chatting with multiple students about school spirit. We'll have marching band members, those who are tenting, and much more. You won't want to miss this last episode of the season.
2: You can find this episode and more resources online at
3: thisengineeringlife.com. I'm Priya. I'm Raina. I'm Richard. And I'm Sydney. And this has been This Engineering Life. See you again soon.